What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? And thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week. You know, it is uh, it, it has really been awesome to be back in the studio. You know, I'm glad things are opening up around the world. Hopefully things are opening up where you are. Uh, it's just rad to be back here at NRM, see the family. I walked in the door, saw a very familiar face, got choked up. Got choked up because I, I I don't even know. I, 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 I miss. I miss the normalcy we had, and I'm glad to see some of it coming back. So thank you guys for tuning in. You know, uh, the drop-in has uh, done just amazing things. I can't even believe the, the short history of the show. Um, we're at episode, I don't know, 67, 68, something like that, and across the world. It has been amazing. The feedback has been awesome, and I cannot thank you guys enough. It just blows me away. And, and I, I, I get to sit here and talk to some of the most phenomenal individuals, and you get to watch. And I try to facilitate it, do the best I can. Drop me a line anytime through Facebook, through Instagram. If there's somebody you think you would like to see on the drop-in with me, drop me a line. Let me know because I'm always open to suggestions. Over the next few months, I'm going to try to have themed months. The month of August was based on sobriety, on recovery. We had some awesome guests in here. Amy Chorky, Lori was in here. It was awesome. And today, today, what I want to do for September is bring in some guests who are doing some different things and also with a little little like uh, taste of entrepreneurship or uh, their passion is directing them to a place that might eventually might be able to pay their bills and they can do what they're passionate about, which is what I do. What That's what I've done my whole life. I mean, with speaking, skateboarding, uh, Purple Heart. I'm going to have huge news about purpleheart.com in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for that. But without too much more, because we always run out of time, I want to introduce you guys to a wonderful friend of mine. We met in college. And we've seen each other, I'll tell you, about a year ago. We were both at a show, and it was hilarious because um, uh, Sam I Am was playing at Smalls. And there was a handful of people there who were like, the last time we saw these guys was, what, 92? And we were probably all at the same show. It was hilarious, and it was awesome. But I saw Sarah there. So here you guys go. Thank you, Drop It Audience. And I want to introduce you guys to my friend Sarah Kuretsky. What's going on? Gerald, you have like a beautiful speaking voice on the air. <laughs> I just, I was just like blown away by that just now. It was super cool. Oh, well, thank you. I, I get very fired up because I'm passionate about what I do here, you know, and I'm, I'm excited and I always, I never want to appear to mail it in. No, no, you're, you're right on all the time. You are stoked about what you're doing and yeah. I love that. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. So how, how's your day going? We'll start there because uh, we have beautiful weather here. We're coming. Amazing weather. We're getting ready to uh, move into the cold season, which I love October personally. I do. October is the best. Football season is my favorite season. Yeah. So um, even though we will not be having real football this year like normal. But, um, yeah, no, my day was pretty cool. I, um, I'm i a teacher also. So um, I'm teaching online, which is like a whole different world than um, what I do. Like I tell my students all the time because I do experiential education, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But, like, I'm facilitating where I'm usually having kids like having to like physically help each other with touching and now doing it online trying to do it is like a it's a huge learning curve for me and like um, 
I don't know, I get really bad like Zoom fatigue from it. So, you know, I'm just trying like I'm like always tell my kids, I'm like, you got to get outside and get grounded, like put your bare feet on the grass. And um, I'm trying to get them to do different things like that, just so that they're not just stuck in front of the computer for eight, 10 hours a day. So, yeah, it was all right. You know, got to hang out with my daughter, who's 13 and, you know, did a little bit with her. So, you know, overall, it's a good day. I'll get to work out when I'm done here. So. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you again for taking the time to come of down course. and visit with us. Uh, uh, you know, you brought up grounding, and it's funny because I was cutting my mom's grass, and I, I told her, I said, you know, I like that you sit out here and, and watch me cut the grass, and, you know, we shoot the breeze, and I'm empty in the bag, and she, she brought up grounding. She's like, I don't want to sound like sort of corny, but I, I like just sitting here and having my feet on the ground. It makes me feel good, and I, I 100% agree. It's super important. Like, there's so much benefit to having your feet on the grass and on the ground, like, it gives you so much more energy than you would have if you're walking on the grass and shoes. It's a, it's a huge thing. We'll have to talk about that another time. Yeah, you know, I was already thinking. I'm like, you know, uh, as you guys know, I ask every guest, you know, send me a short bio. I whip up a little loose outline and we go from there. I'm always blown away, especially people who I've known, uh, you know, for years when they send me a bio and I'm just like, wow, wow. And, and, and Sarah, she sent over this bio and I'm like, I, it's it's amazing the stories that we all uh, can tell when we get to a certain point in life and when we can, we can look back and see the things that we've been through to get to where we're at and that's why I do this show yeah. so that you can hear maybe something that resonates with you to cause you to be the best version of yourself which is always the goal man it's always the goal so thank you guys but uh, you know Sarah here on the drop in we always start at the beginning so uh, can we start there like uh, growing up a little bit how the family dynamic was, stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in a pretty affluent neighborhood in Detroit. It's called West Bloomfield, if anyone knows it. Um, and, um, you know, my parents have been married 50, I think this is this is going to be their 53rd anniversary, so it's pretty cool. Um, my dad is an entrepreneur. He, um, Him and my grandfather and my uncle started a business um, called Curtis Kitchen and Bath, and um, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I have an older brother. And, you know, like, I grew up where it was, like, I was jumping over the creek and, like, playing football outside and, like, being this, like, I had, like, a idyllic kind of childhood, you know, from the outside for sure. Um, you know, there were things that happened within my life that were, you know, pretty hard. Um, you know, my dad had a heart attack when I was 13. He's, he's still alive, thank God. But um, it was in front of me, and I think it really affected how um, how I processed and and worked through relationships, um, and yeah, it really it like it really it really did a lot for me and just different things that happened within my family dynamic that were, you know, harder than um, I think from the outside we looked like you know like I think people would think like even like our Wayne State days it was like. You know, I'm you know this rich girl who goes to Wayne State, who you know drives a Jeep and like has all these things, but really like I had, I had a lot of stuff going on, and um, I think it really affected how I interpreted relationships throughout my life. So, um, yeah. Well, it was interesting. You know, we when you were talking a little bit in in your in the document you sent over about your high school years because school wasn't easy for me. I, like, had to try to get C's, and, and it was, like, you know, I graduated with a low, like, 
2.3 or something. I graduated with a 2.3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was a struggle to get there. Though. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, like that that was me, you know. And um, and then we met at Wayne State. Yes. And from the commonality of, of music and skateboarding and punk rock and that kind of a thing, how did you get involved with that crowd? So when I was um, like 13 years old, my friend Chris Riley, hopefully you're listening, Chris, um, still, still talk to him. Um, he made me a mixtape, which was so 80s, right? So he made me this mixtape from the college radio station at Oakland Community College, which was a great radio station. And it was all these bands that I had never heard of before. And, you know, like Bitch and Camaro was one song. When I was 13, I was like, yes, this is my anthem. Right? Like, what? I don't have a car. I'm 13. So, um, you know, like skate punk ended up being kind of my thing for a little bit. And then it just kind of evolved, just um, realizing that, Regardless of what my family had, like, I I felt like I, I wasn't like I felt like I was an outsider in some ways, um, you know. And so I hung out with kids who didn't have the same background that I had, who had you know, families that were divorced or you know, parents who had alcoholism or they were you know not you know not they weren't living with their families anymore. And those those became like my people. And I don't know if it was. Partly, like, I have that I had that tendency that I wanted to save everyone. But it, it just, like, it made me feel like I was home more than anything else. And, you know, I used to um, manage Squealy's uh, skate shop. And, you know, I was just into that. Like, it was like it felt like this is where I should be rather than, you know, taking the path where most of the people from my high school took. And um, it just really it just resonated with me. And that's what I did. And, you know, the struggle that you talked about um, – you know, school was hard. Like I, um, I've done some public speaking about um, I have dyslexia and did not find out until I was a senior in high school, and um, like it was like I could try really hard and get a D, or I could do nothing and get a D. So I'm going to do nothing and have fun. So um, that was my high school, and I got into Wayne by literally talking my way in. <laughs> like I, I had a one seven um, going into my senior year, and I was like, this is why you should take me, and they did. So. Um, <laughs> That's how that all ended up. I ended up there, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I started hanging out in Detroit probably when I was like 15, 16 years old, and um, like regularly and hanging out with kids who were homeless, and it just, I don't know why I was so drawn to it, but I was definitely felt more at home there than I felt like it in my own home. Maybe it's something because uh, similar for me, I started going to Detroit about 16. When I got a license, I could go to St. Andrews and see shows and things like yeah. that. Um, but it was like I was starting to meet different people with, with a common interest. And for me, it started with a skateboard. You know, I started skateboarding at, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. And then punk rock came with that. And I remember the days sitting on my cousin's bed and talking to uh, my cousin in California. And he's like, oh, you're riding a skateboard? You ever heard of the Dead Kennedys? And I'm like, No. I have not. But then I'm at the record exchange going, hmm, 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 this looks good. This looks good. And then it started, you know, yes. it, it started there. And, you know, you just have these unlimited things. That looks cool. This art looks cool, whatever. And there were so few people at that time that if uh, you saw somebody wearing a pair of Vans or somebody with a black flag shirt on, it was like an instant connection. Absolutely. And And that's something I think... Uh, and I talk about it often with with uh, on the show and with my friends that it's something that's a little bit lost now because you can go to the mall and buy that stuff yes. and you don't have to search it out where if somebody had a Gorilla Biscuits 
uh, sweatshirt on, you knew they might have contacted the band to get it. Yeah. Like, you weren't going to go to a store and get that sweatshirt. For sure. And it was an instant connection. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, it's so funny you, you, you mentioned that, like, um, Black Flag, like, Loose Nut was my first album that I ever bought when I went to record exchange. <laughs> so that's super funny. But, yeah, like, that was, that was it. Like, I remember um, seeing, like, photos from England and, like, people wearing Doc Martens. And I'm like, we can't, you can't get Doc Martens anywhere in Detroit. Like, Finally, like Nora Leather started carrying on, but before that, like I went to Windsor to get my first pair mm-hmm. of Doc Martens, or you know, or like, you know, like Gorilla Biscuits and Youth of Today have been like my band since I was sixteen, yes. and you know, I have a little Walter thing. But um, so, so yeah, like getting that stuff was full on mail order, mail order, like writing letters to people, and like it was a, such a different way to communicate. It's a lost art. It's sort of sad, but... Well, it's sort of, you know, if you think about it, uh, sometimes, like, the current way of technology, I know I still get geeked out, like if, uh, like, Chris Miller, legendary pro skateboarder, if I put up a picture and Chris Miller likes it, on Instagram, I'll screenshot that. Like, that's like a highlight of my day, you know? For sure. <laughs> and so it's sort of similar, like, when you get the package in the mail and there might be a little handwritten handwritten note from, you know, whoever, Walter, whoever, which they would do that. <laughs> yes. You'd get a T-shirt and a handwritten note saying thanks for the support or rock and roll, I hope you dig it. And you're like, no way. Is that what their apartment smells like? <laughs> like, I wonder, you know, like, totally. seriously. Seriously. Yeah, no, for sure. I still, like, I still do it whenever I get mail. And I get like little notes from people. I'm all like, I'm gonna save this forever and cherish it. Mm-hmm. I was doing uh, a yoga class with Parmananda um, John Purcell, and um, and um, in the background, I had a Gorilla Biscuits uh, uh, mask, like a Halloween mask. And he's like, Sarah, is that a Gorilla Biscuits <laughs> mask? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <gasps> like I got all like geeked out. I mean, it's like someone who I talk to, and I'm like getting all like. Eh. Yeah. No, it's just cool to have that connection, and, yeah. and and I think punk rock did that at that time, For sure. along with skateboarding and everything that came with it. Yes. And at Wayne State, uh, it was rad because we had such a, a diverse crowd that met in the student center yes. every day. And I mean, we had uh, John Bunkley from Gangster Fun sitting there shooting the breeze with us. Chris Rahano, who's in Chicago doing movies now. Amy Chorky, who has been on this show. Uh, all these amazing people. Uh, Sarah at uh, there. I mean, it, these amazing people. And we would have some pretty deep conversations and then a card game and go skate or whatever. Yeah. It was such a cool time to be alive. It was. And I actually... Um, I. I, um, when I was teaching today, I asked my students to bring in shirts like um, that had a historical meeting for them, a T-shirt that had a historical meeting. And when I thought about it first, I was going to do a band shirt, but then I, as you see, I'm wearing my Cass Corridor shirt. Yeah. So like, you know, like living down there, being down there, it was, and I explained to them, like it was such a special time in Detroit. Um, like I feel like I'm going to get misty talking <laughs> about it, but it really was. It was such a special time, like. Just being around, being around so many diverse people with similar interests, but they still still diverse. Like you know, the ska kids were cool with the punk kids, and the punk kids were cool with the straight edge kids, and like the hardcore kids. Like it was like we were all we were all cool with each other. The skate kids were all good. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was interesting, and I don't know if it's not even on your, it's not even on what we were supposed to talk about. But like, I think it was interesting though. Like you know, Amy and I, um, there weren't a lot of females who hung out in that scene. And um, I always thought that that was kind of an interesting 
an interesting thing for me and dynamic of how I've like kind of navigated through life. Um, and I think we've talked about that before, like personally, like, you know, being a female who worked at a skate shop who could put a deck together relatively quickly was way different than like a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because my mom brought that up about Chorky, about yeah. Amy Chorky when my mom watched the show and she was like, that was so cool. I didn't know a lot of the stuff about you both. Right. And she's like, one thing about your relationship with Amy is it was never like you were friends with a girl. Like, she was, like, just one, like, not that she was one of the dudes, but it wasn't like, it was a different, I don't know if there's a way you can explain yeah. it. You know, there was never anything romantic or anything like that, but we would drive to school together every day or hang out at the student center, and, and it was, yeah, it's tough to explain. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know if anyone's even getting this. It was just my own... <laughs> My own personal tangents. Sorry. Yeah, but but it's true. It's very true. You know, you had even at six five five, like this legendary house where everybody lived. Um, I don't remember girls living there. There were girls that lived there. I don't remember. Just like one or two, but um, yeah, that was always the thing. Like um, Scott DeGregoris, mm -hmm. um, he would always be like Sarah's sister status. So like you know, no one messed with me because I was like I was I was a sister. I was yeah. not. I was not to be messed with yeah. in, in that way. But you're right. It, it was a, it was a very very cool time. So what um, what happened? Uh, did you graduate from Wayne State? I did. Okay. Yes. Where where did you go from where? Where did life take you from there? Okay. So um, I got my bachelor's of fine arts at Wayne, and then um, I wanted to go to grad school because I kind of didn't know what I was going to do, um, and my parents really wanted me to become a teacher. Um, I had been working at, like, summer camps and doing different kind of things like that. And I didn't really want to be a teacher, but my parents are like, the only way we're going to help you is if you go into education. I hope my parents aren't watching. I think they're <laughs> going to get pissed at me. But anyway, I love you, Mom and Dad. I appreciate everything you've done. Um, but, like, yeah, so I ended up going to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago um, and got my master's in art with a teaching certificate. And... Um, which was rad. Like it, 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 at the time, it was the number one grad school for art in the country, and um, like for me, that was a huge. Like I needed those al accolades to be like, I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. I got in here. Like I remember feeling like that. Like, see, I've made it. I can get in here. I'm a good enough artist. I'm good enough at this. And um, yeah, so I had a really cool experience. I um, I taught in Chicago for almost nine years. Um, I taught um, elementary in Chicago as K through eight, and then high school. I was still showing once in a while, um, and then I really got really got tired of showing. It was like I kind of equated it to making my own art and teaching art as to being like a mail carrier and then going for a walk after work. Like it was really hard for me to have the energy to make art. Um, so I, I wasn't really doing it. And I wasn't so passionate about it anymore, but. While I was doing it, like I loved teaching and I loved the kids. Um, really, like I realized I really liked working with high school older students than I did younger students. Um, I started a skateboard club at one of the high schools uh, I worked at, and it was—I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, Chicago's a great place. It's also, um, if you're not living in the city, I'd rather live in Detroit in the suburbs. Like, you know, it's not not a place I'd want to stay. Um, I met. My ex-husband I met in Chicago, and um, I have three kids, and my um, son Jacob was born there. Um, and um, my dad gave Steve an opportunity to work with my family business um, here, and that's what 
ended up way I ended up back here. But I, I mean, I did some cool stuff. Um, I saw actually saw Sam I am. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I saw Sam I am in Chicago and in Blink-182 open for them, which I always think is a, is a funny thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was doing really cool stuff. I was um, doing stuff at the museum. I was doing stuff for the for the School of the Art Institute. I was really lucky that I always um, – I feel like I'm personable in some way or something. I don't know. But um, I, have, I don't have a hard time finding work if I need work. And so I was o- always able to find something. Um, but I – always felt like something was missing. Like it wasn't really what I was meant to do, but I was doing it because everyone else wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was never super passionate about anything that I was doing. I mean, I think I got my BFA, first of all, um, again, going back to being dyslexic, like I didn't know how to express myself in words. And, and I even said that to you, like, I'm not a very good writer. I'm like getting my third master's degree. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> but like, um, I've never been able to do that. And so I, I found that I could do it in my art or photo, you know, and that was kind of my thing. But then I just lost the passion for it. Like, I wasn't interested in doing digital photography. And if you're not interested in doing digital photography, it's really not a whole lot you can do anymore. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, Interesting time for photographers because uh, I was having a discussion, you know, about a month ago, and in like 06, 07, a gentleman named Greg Fidel, who yeah. you know, uh, he was shooting some photos when I was at the top of my game for covers of magazines or whatever, mm-hmm. and I would be like, how long, how much does this stuff cost? And he's like, you know, $10,000. I have these slaves and these flashes and this camera, and it was like 10 megapixels. Like, it was the top of the line. Right. And now your phone is like, you know, 5 megapixels. Right. Or, or, you know, you can take a picture with your phone. It looks uh, top of the line from 10 years ago yeah. or 15 years ago. And so being a photographer, you really have to... Uh, I don't even know, like break the classic mold or be Ansel Adams. I don't know what yeah. what it what it is that would set you above the, apart from the everyday person who has you, a cool eye. Right, you can't like you can't do what I was doing. I mean, and I wasn't even into like regular photography. I was totally into alternative processes and like painting into it and do. But like, it, it just not it. it I lost the passion for I it. think the dumb filters and crap like that takes away oh, from the art, the, the creative yes. artwork because somebody can go click, 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 look what I just made. And you're yes. like, that would have taken me like, like seriously, like three months yes. to put that together yeah. then. But um, so you moved back to Detroit. I did. I moved back to Detroit in 2002. And then I had my second son, Jonah. Um, and um, it was dark times. <laughs> that was a dark time in my life. Um, I was really, I had a really hard time. My like turning 30 for me was rough. So I had Jacob, um, who is like awesome, but he had, um, he was a tough toddler. Um, you know, like he had like, um, sensory issues and he was super aggressive. Um, just, he had just a lot. And like my son, Jonah, they're a year and a half apart and, he was this big giant baby and I'm like carrying this big baby and trying to chase this toddler and I hated it. Like I hated it. Um, I, I hate, I hate saying it. I love them, but I, I did not just love a, uh, a challenging time. It was just such a challenging time. And like, I felt like I was losing myself and for my 30th birthday, I wanted a camera. <laughs> this is a great story. Ironically, ironically, I wanted a new camera and my husband at the time and my parents bought me a tennis bracelet like a diamond tennis bracelet and like diamond earrings. 
and I just started bawling. Because number one, like, Gerald's looking at me like, that is so not who you are. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even imagine. Right, right, not who I am. And I'm allergic to metal. So, like, <laughs> I can't even wear it. Like, even if I was into it, I couldn't wear it. And, um, yeah, I just remember crying and being like, oh, my God, this isn't my life. I have now taken on somebody else's life, and it's not the life that I want. Yeah. And then that was – that's one, like – my 30s were really when changes started really happening for me because I really spent my 20 my my teens and 20s trying to make my parents happy and other people happy and so there's a there's a point there's a point and we were talking about this a little bit before the show where there's a a shift a a paradigm shift that's a personal paradigm shift that a lot of people don't get to they don't have the wherewithal to look deep inside and go something needs to shift because this isn't who I am right and with that we're gonna end segment one I hope if I play Slayer which I don't have any Slayer Sarah doesn't break out in hives because she's allergic (laughs) allergic to metal but anyway thank you guys so much um you know we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg man and I am enjoying myself I know you guys are enjoying yourself I hope Sarah is enjoying herself and uh we're gonna come back really quickly with part two with Sarah Kuretsky and uh, I can't thank you guys enough man this is a pleasure to be here and uh, just make sure to tune into part two because we're going to dig even deeper so thank you guys very much and I will see you at part two